asses, flocks, and manservants, and woman servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I might find grace in thy sight. So Jacob sends a message ahead to his brother Esau. Obviously, anybody in Jacob's situation, knowing that you're going to cross paths or cross the land where your brother is living, that you have a broken relationship, someone who was threatening to kill you, Jacob was a little anxious. He was a little nervous. So he sends a message to Esau ahead of time. And obviously, he uses some sweet words telling him how much he served Laban and and almost telling his brother, hey, I know you were mad at me, but I've, I've had to serve my time for what I did to you and what I've done to others. I, I've served my time, and I'm just looking to find some grace in your sight. He's looking to find grace from his brother so that there's no issues between him and his brother when he comes and meets him. And Jacob then gets messengers returned to him in verse number six, saying, we came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee. Now Esau's coming to meet you. And it's making Jacob very nervous that now he's going to have to pay for all the tricks and all the schemes and all the manipulation. And they said also, and 400 men with him. So they say, Jacob, this isn't just your brother. Right now, your brother's not going to be the only one that's going to meet you. He's got about 400 guys with him. And I thought, I would think that if I was thinking I was about to get into a fight with somebody and they said, well, he's got 400, he's got an entourage of about 400 guys with him, it would make me a little bit more nervous than just having to go up against one guy. And Jacob there gets really nervous. The Bible says in verse number seven, then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And this morning I, I want to think about uh, just as we look through this passenger, passage of Scripture, now that we kind of understand where we're at here in the Bible, I want you to think about times that you've been afraid and you've been distressed. Oftentimes in our life, we have situations that come up that cause us to be fearful, cause us to not trust the Lord, cause us to be almost in a panic. Sometimes it's in finances. Sometimes our finances come up and a financial situation comes up, maybe one that we were knew that was coming and we we're a little bit anxious about it. But oftentimes we have financial situations that cause us distress, cause us to be anxious and fearful. Sometimes it's in relationships, just like Jacob here with his own brother. Sometimes the thought of some of you being in the same room as somebody else that has maybe hurt you, that has wronged you, maybe there's a broken relationship with your family, but that causes some distress. Some of us, in our, some of us ha- hit, some, hit some rocky roads in our marriages where it's fearful. You don't know if it's going to be able to continue on. You're in a, a state of distress. And I can give you example and example and example of situations in our lives where we're afraid and we're distressed. But I want to look here this morning, just as a, a quick Sunday school lesson this morning, on how Jacob first responded and then how God worked in his life. First thing Jacob did is uh, when he wanted to uh, figure out what to do, he, he started concocting a plan of how he was going to get himself out of the situation. 
And I think that's sometimes something that we often do when times of fear and distress come into our lives. Oftentimes, instead of going to the Lord right away and putting our trust in the Lord and our faith in the Lord like the Bible commands us to do and, and asks us to do to put our care on the Lord for he cares for you. Oftentimes, I think in my life and in our lives, we do exactly what Jacob does here, which he begins the process instead of trusting the Lord, he puts, tries to put matters in his own hands. First thing Jacob says, it says he was greatly afraid and he divided the people that were with him and said, and the flocks and the herds and the camel into two bands and said, if Esau come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. First thing Jacob decides to do to take matters in his own hand and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I know you're going to take care of it. Lord, I need you to help me. He says, all right, here's the plan. We're going to split everybody into two groups, all right? You're going to be in a group over here. You're going to be in a group over here. And if Esau comes and him and his 400 men attack one of the groups, at least half of us can get away. Kind of a cowardly way to do it. I, I'm sure that he put hit one wife Leah in one group and the other wife Rachel in the other group and, and was kind of had a 50-50 chance on which group was going to make it. Then, after taking matters in his own hands, Jacob then does what many of us do, which Jacob actually prays. He says in verse number 9, and, and Jacob said, O God, my father Abraham, and the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saith unto me, Return unto my country and thy kindred, and I will deal with thee. And you see here that Jacob says a, a real nice prayer. You know, oftentimes when we're in times of distress, we try to come up with the most fanciest, fanciest prayer, quoting scripture. And, and even as, as you see here, Jacob says, I am not worthy of the least of mercies and all thy truth, which I have shown unto thy servant. For with my staff, I have passed over Jordan and I have become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother and from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and smite me and the mother with the children." And thou sayest, I will surely do good and make thy seed the sands of the sea, which cannot be numbered for a multitude. Jacob's saying here to God, God, I'm fearful. And then he's almost using God's words against him. He's saying, God, you showed me. You told me and you told Abraham that my kindred and my, my, my family would be as much as the sands of the sea. He's, he's using God's own words against him. And sometimes when we're praying, we're just saying, God, you, you said you're going to protect me. God, you said you're going to take care of me. And instead of saying, yes, Jacob, the Lord did say those things. You just need to trust him. He's kind of talking to God, trying to, trying to get God to do something about it. But you would think here after he prayed that prayer that he would just trust the Lord and continue on. And I think not, not only do we sometimes try to manipulate situations in our own wisdom and our own strength, sometimes we do go to the Lord. Sometimes we'll come during a service or we'll go to our prayer closet and we'll give it over to the Lord. Lord, I need you to take care of this. Lord, I'm trusting you. We pray and ask the Lord to help us, but then we fall into the same trap that Jacob did here. Jacob then after he gets up and prays that, that very nice prayer to the Lord, 
he gets up and continues to try to take matters into his own hands. He says here in and uh, verse number 13, and he lodged there the same night and took that which was in his hand, a present for Esau's brother, 200 she-goats and 200 he-goats, 200 ewes, 200 lambs, and the list goes on and on. He said, you know what? I, I know I, I prayed and I asked the Lord to take care of us, but I think I need to do more something myself. I, I think I need to continue to try to take matters in my own hands. So what we're going to do is we're going to send gifts to my brother to try to try to appease him. Let's just get gifts together for him. And it continues down here over and over again as Jacob tries to put matters in his own hands. But I love this, and in verse number 24, it's the night before Jacob's about to meet his brother. And Jacob's realizing that everything he's trying to do isn't going to change the situation, is not going to change the outcome. So what Jacob finally does is what he does, what he's supposed to do in the first place. Number, uh, Jacob says here, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled with a man with him until the breaking of the day. Jacob got by himself. You know, when times of distress and fear come, it's not the time to try to take matters in your own hands. Yes, we need to ask the Lord for direction and wisdom, but we need to trust the Lord and not try to manipulate situations the way we think they should turn out. Number two, Jacob just got left alone with the Lord. Sometimes the best thing that we could possibly do in times of fear and distress is just find time alone with God. Find time in your prayer closet. Get your family together. Pray as a family, but get alone with God and get him involved in your situation. You know, when, when it says, and when he saw that he prevailed not against them, he touched the hollow of his thigh and hollowed out Jacob's thigh. He was, obviously, he was injured in this incident uh, that lasted the rest of his life. In verse number 26, the angel of the Lord says, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Jacob finally came to the point of his life where Jacob, like I told you before, Jacob spent the majority of his life. Jacob spent the majority of his life first with his, his brother trying to get the birthright, trying to cheat his way out of the birthright and, and get it for himself. Then he tried to manipulate his father to try to get the blessing. And all he's trying to do is trying to come up with some sort of blessing that's just, that's just, it's not a real blessing from God. It's, it's fake because Jacob is just trying to do it in his own power and his own strength saying, I'm going to get the blessing. God doesn't have to give it to me. I'm just going to figure out a way to get it myself. And he constantly just manipulated and schemed to get something that only God could give him. And there came to a point right here in Jacob's life. It's a turning point. God actually renames him after this passage of scripture because Jacob finally has come to the point of his life in this situation where he's going to confront his brother that the only person that can truly give him the blessing is from God. And Jacob kind of held on to the angel of the Lord there, kind of had him in a chokehold and, and the angel of the Lord saying, the days break if you gotta let me go, Jacob. And Jacob says, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me. You know, besides Jacob getting alone with God, I wish and I hope 
that when times of fear and distress come in my life, that I have enough, uh, you know, I have enough persistence with God that I'm going to hold on to God until I see him come through. You know, some of us, we have an unsafe family member or we have situations in our lives that we don't know how the outcome is going to be. And sometimes we'll come to church and we'll raise our hand on a Wednesday night prayer meeting, Bible study, and we'll, we'll give that request for a couple weeks. But after a month, two months, three months, sometimes a year, that prayer is not answered. And sometimes we say, well, I guess God's telling us no. Well, maybe God's just waiting for us to be persistent about our prayer. I wonder sometimes if I pray and ask God to do something in my life and I only pray for it a month, I wonder if God says, well, was it important enough to pray two months or three months? I had this uncle that I grew up with and, and uh, my uncle would, would never come to church. We'd invite him, wouldn't come, didn't believe in God. Anytime my aunt would come for Easter, Christmas, he, he would just kind of pull up his car and drop her off and pull away. And uh, my uncle was not saved. And, uh, you know, we'd pray for him for years. Uh, I pray that he gets saved. My family members would pray for him, but nothing. And a couple weeks ago, a, a friend of mine started, started a church right in the town next to where my uncle lives. And, and uh, we went out there to kind of help them on their first service. And, you know, to my surprise, I invited my aunt and my cousin to come. I said, hey, why don't you guys come to the service? It's a new church start starting. I think it'd be good for you guys to, to come to this church. And to my surprise, who came in five minutes late to the service, my uncle came and sat in the service. And, and for the last five out of the six weeks, he has been going to that church every single week, sitting in the front row. Two weeks ago, he went to the he went to the discipleship class about salvation, and 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 to see just after years of us praying for him, seeing God finally come through. But we never know when God's going to come through. We never know when God's going to break through. But I hope that all of us have that tenacity in our prayers that we say, God, I'm going to hold on to you until this thing that you have burning my heart, this request I have for maybe myself or somebody else, that you come through on it. And it's just amazing to see God come through on prayers when we're just persistent in our prayer and we're passionate to continue on, even when we think that there might be any hope, but I'm just gonna continue to pray. And that's what Jacob did here. And to his surprise, when he, meet, when he meets his brother, his brother greets him. No violence, no anger. There's just there's there's a reconciliation there, and the outcome that God already had in place was the outcome that Jacob was thinking was the impossible outcome. And I think that Jacob spent all that time in fear and distress for nothing, for nothing. Obviously, he had a beautiful moment with the Lord and, 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 and finally got the blessing that he's been wanting his entire life. But the outcome, God already had it figured out. And if you're here this morning and you have maybe a concern, maybe you're distressed or you're fearful and saying, I don't know, I don't know what the outcome's gonna be. Truth is us in our own sinful minds 
always look at the what ifs and the worst case scenarios. We're always saying, oh, it's not, it, this is what's gonna happen. It's just gonna, it's, everything's gonna fall apart. And we think of every single scenario that is just the worst case scenario. What if this, and what if that, and what if this? And that's our constant questioning in our own mind when God already has it figured out. Listen, if you're saved here today, God loves you and God cares about you. And God has, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And sometimes the situation and things in life, just like this one, Jake, yes, did it make Jacob learn and grow? Yes. But, the, but at the end, God had it all figured out. And sometimes do we come through difficult situations? Yes. So there's going to be situations that are cause us to be fearful and distressed. Absolutely. But as, as a Christian, God only brings situations in our life that are going to bring us closer to him. There's a passage in 2 in, in second, second, uh, second Corinthians talking about how when, when our, though our outer man perisheth, the inner man is renewed day by day. God has a purpose and a plan. Any situation that you go through as a child of God is, is God putting you through it for in the refinement process to bring you closer to him and, and more in the image of his son. And we need to trust that God knows everything that's going on in our lives that he knows what's happening with you as a person, that he has a plan for you, but we just gotta trust him because God in the end has it figured out. And if I could challenge you all anything this morning as we finish up the lesson here this morning, trust the Lord this morning. If you have a situation that has, has you fearful and distressed, just lay it down to the Lord today and say, God, I may not have all the answers, Lord, I might not have the wisdom to figure out how to get through the situation right now, but Lord, I pray that you give it to me, but I'm putting it in your hands, knowing that you know what's best for me, what's right for me, and I'm trusting with you to, to take care of the situation. And I think many of us would be surprised, just like Jacob was here in this passage of scripture, that God figured it all out. And the best case scenario possible was what happened to Jacob. He had reconciliation with his brother after decades of a broken relationship and fear. And he was able to return with his family completely intact and had a reconciled relationship. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all here this morning. Thank you for, Lord, this church. Thank you for Pastor McCurdy, Lord, and his faithfulness to you, Lord. I pray that you help us this morning, Lord, as we go through situations in life, Lord, that you help us to trust in you. Lord, help us just rely on you. Help us not try to take matters in our own hands. Lord, in our own wisdom and our own strength and our own resources, Lord, but put our total trust and faith in you. In your name we pray, amen.